as long as we are open, as long as we can really just be a little braver and be a little more raw, accept all the things that we wish didn't exist about ourselves, that is when the world truly opens up to us. With under the greatest fear is our greatest dream. Hi friends, welcome to your Best Year Abroad podcast. I'm your host, Dia Yun. I'm an 11 year expat from Beijing, living in the US, working on my PhD on Latin America. I'm your best year abroad who empowers you to flourish beyond the F1 or H1B and instead human better to belong authentically. I want to normalize the neglected isolation, transition, and identity evolution as a shared human experience so that border is only where our expansion begins and bonds never end. Whether you're an international student who just began your adventure, a seasoned expatriate seeking alignment while in transit, or someone who's ready to evoke fulfillment from within. By pressing play, you are listening to your best year abroad, and we walk each other home. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode. I am now talking to you from Miami, Florida. And yes, I am back home. I finished my three-week trip in Bogota, Colombia, and I really returned with so much gratitude and reflections. It really has been, I really want to use like the best trip to describe it. Um, I have just experienced so much transformation in the past three weeks, uh, and that is why I want to just take this episode and reflect on my story and the connection with Colombia, both professionally and personally a little uh, and just give more context about why I care about this country so much and what I have learned in this past three weeks. So my story with Colombia has to be traced back to December 2016. That's when I was doing my master's. I came to graduate school wanting to research something about corruptions in Eastern European countries. And my advisor at the time, she is a Mexican historian. So with her, I did a independent study online American survey just to kind of because for the for our program we just have to um, study for more than one areas uh, so through that class I learned about Plan Colombia which is a U.S. drug control policy run through the Clinton through the Obama years working with Colombia I've always been fascinated by illicit drug and armed trafficking um, and Plan Colombia somehow just it just felt like something clicked so I just had to know more about it. Uh, and the more I learned, uh, and the more I was a lot more interested in this, I really felt that was something I feel very passionate about, especially just on the human sacrifice and the human experience in the current um, supply-emphasized drug policy instead of the emphasis on the demand side. Um, so I wanted to switch my topic from Europe to Latin America. My professors all encouraged me to uh, take a field trip in Colombia, check out the archives, and also just have them more cultural literacy about this country before diving into my dissertation. So that winter, I was supposed to backpack through Europe. I actually had all my trips booked. Uh, and last minute, I canceled the trip uh, and spent five to six weeks in, in Colombia. So I visited um, Cartagena, Santa Marta, Taiganga, uh, Cali, Medellin, uh, and Bogota, so pretty much most of the major cities, um, and I just really have to share 
like my first 24 hours in Colombia because that's a very like crazy travel story and I really think how I spent my first 24 hours there played a big role in how much connection and gratitude I have for this country. So I landed in Cartagena. Uh, that's my very first time ever coming to Colombia. Uh, I took out cash and then got a taxi, went to my hostel. When I was about to pay for my hostel, that's when I realized that I couldn't find my credit card. Uh, and I officially, and I definitely panicked. Uh, and I thought, okay, then maybe I left it at the airport. But most cases, uh, people wouldn't have their lost credit card back. But I just thought I just have to go back. Maybe, maybe miracle would happen. So I went back to the Cartagena airport, um, and of course, the ATM line was already there. There are more people using it, so my card was no longer there. Um, but before I was about to leave the airport, I thought, maybe just test my luck one more time, go to the police officer with the security and see, you know, maybe, just maybe, someone might turn it in. So I went to this uh, police officer, and, uh, and, he, and, he just, and he opened his door, and then, ta-da, my credit card was there. Um, and that was still feels like a very surreal moment that, you know, someone very kind, um, and wonderful turned my credit card in. Uh, so I got a card, uh, went back to the hostel and then, so definitely my trip in Colombia was off to a very, very good start. Um, and the same day, you know, just being the normal social butterfly that I am, I organized this really large gathering and we went all on clubbing together. Had a wonderful night. Uh, and the next morning I woke up with nothing on me. I could not find my credit card, I couldn't find my passport, my phone. Pretty much I put all of my belongings, which is a very stupid move. I put all my cash, credit card, and passport, all of the very important things, into my clutch. And I took the entire clutch to the club. And of course I did not take the clutch back with me. Uh, so again, I panicked. Um, and I even had to have some friends to help me to remember where we went and we went back to the club and so this man I think he was either the bartender or the bouncer he was sitting on the stairs waiting for me so by that time the club was already closed and he immediately recognized me and turned the clutch back to me saying yes I remember you you left at the bar last night after you ordered a drink um, open it and check if your, your cards and belongings are there still the same because I didn't touch anything and open my clutch and all the cash were untouched everything was still there um, so this was my first 24 hours in Colombia I think that's that might be the closest I can ever feel to a mediocre white man after messing everything up and still just getting life super perfectly aligned for me uh, so I think that 24 hours just really shows uh, just how many kindness is out there. I know it is not a, it's not something that will happen to everybody all the time, uh, but it just really gave me a lot of hope. And I think, you know, just it's almost like meeting a first meeting person for the first time, and that person just leave a very strong impression. That was Colombia's first impression made on me. Uh, so I was very, very, very grateful. Um, and so that trip uh, lasted for five to six weeks and I backpacked through the entire Colombia. Um, that's when I really get to really meet more people and just get to experience the, the culture. And I still remember that my first day in Bogota, which is January 1st, 2017. So I spent New Year's Eve in Medellin. Uh, we went clubbing with some strangers that we met on the cable card. Um, and it was a very lovely day. So pretty much I went straight from the club to the airport. Uh, flew to Bogota and I landed in Bogota on New Year's Day with a fever uh, so I was definitely was not feeling great 
Uh, but I forgot exactly what I was doing. But I had to take the Transmillennial, which is a Bogota uh, bus. I had to take the Transmillennial to somewhere to either do some paperwork or buy something. Um, but something, but you know, like from what I'm used to, especially you know, growing up in Beijing, uh, pretty much the buses they will go through. You know, like let's say you want to go from point A to point B, you take bus line number one. When you want to return from point B to point A, you take bus line number one also. That's what I thought. Uh, but in Bogota, it's not always the same. Uh, sometimes uh, one line only go through one direction. If you want to return, you need to find another bus who might go through different directions and different stations. So I was supposed to be on my way home, and I went back to the very same Transmilenio station. Could not see the bus line to the direction I was gonna go. So I, of course, was very confused, very nervous, and also back then my conversational Spanish was almost zero. Um, and uh, so I was trying to just figure things out, and then this elderly couple came to me and was asking me what's wrong and if I need any help. So I explained to them, and I told them about the hotel was staying. Uh, so this elderly couple was supposed to—they were going through—they were going to the the opposite direction than I was, and they took the transmilenio with me and walked me back to my hotel, and that was already quite late. I think that was you know after sunset. Um, And、uh, yeah, so they pretty much walked me home when they really didn't have to,、um, and I definitely got very lucky. And but this also just shows that how how warm-hearted and friendly Bogotanos and also Colombians are.、Uh, so just from these different connections, I felt I really was more personally invested in studying this country and also understanding about its past. So fast forward,、um, January twenty seventeen. That's when I got accepted to my current PhD program. So I wanted to continue my research on Colombian history. But the thing with、uh, my discipline is that you really need to have access to unclassified documents as the archival base to conduct research. But with Plan Colombia, which kind of began、uh, in late nineteen、uh, nineties, early two thousands, and ran through the, the Obama years. It is still considered way too recent, and most of the Plan Colombian documents are still classified. So I couldn't do that as for my PhD program.、Uh, and、um, another interest of mine is philanthropies and NGOs,、uh, and that's how I discovered that you know, like U.S. philanthropies, especially during the JFK years in the nineteen sixties and the seventies, heavily invested in Latin America and in Colombia in particular. Colombia was actually, in fact. The poster child for President Kennedy's Alliance for Progress era in Latin America during the 1960s. So that's how I ended up with my current PhD research, and with my PhD research, studying about social progress and the Cold War in Colombia、uh, through grants and different supports and awards, I was able to return to Colombia almost every single year since 2017. Uh, doing archival research and also just some field work and also just making some connections with、uh, the locals, and that's also why I returned to Colombia this summer through an award.、Um, and so I went back to Bogota. Was there for three weeks. But I really want to say that my trip this time is a lot more on my personal growth than my professional growth. Yeah, definitely professionally, I was able to connect with. The locals, even some people who work for the Bogota mayor's office,、um, and just 
previous and current Colombian politicians and also people who are also scholars, you know, who are based in Colombia. Uh, I was able to just know more about the local interpretation about their past and also what kind of scholarly dialogues are happening in Colombia and Latin America. But what really got me um, stepping outside my comfort zone and get to explore and know Colombia from a more expensive way is surprisingly TikTok, something that I would have said a strong no to even just a month ago. Um, so I think this is back in this January. That's when I realized that I wanted to do something on my own. I no longer really want to work for philanthropies or going to diplomacy. I really wanted to start something by myself, especially to serve my past selves and current self. So people like international students, expats, uh, foreigners, who are just whoever who are living abroad. Because there's so much separation and the erasure of, of identity and there's also just a competition among the different versions that we have developed in different phases of our life that we often just eat up alone uh, with lots of loneliness and isolation, also this sense of incompetence. That's something I struggled with in my past 11 years. Uh, so I just want to do something with that. I still don't know exactly how I want to show up to be of service to others. Uh, but right now I'm just using storytelling and poetry to just having others to realize that you are really not, not you are really not alone and I'm here with you. So um and just to, to reach out to the community, social media really is the way to go. Uh, but you know even before this month I've st only strictly used social media for personal uses. You know my Instagram has always been um private and I only use it to occasionally to share something that's important to me. And I only follow friends and only just allow followers who know me to follow me. Uh, so show up to TikTok with, you know, this algorithm that's so magical that can really expose you to millions of people. That, were very, that was very, very intimidating to me. And I just, it took me seven months to overcome the fear of being seen. So this time, so I started TikTok on June 24th, just a little over a month ago. Uh, and then landed in Colombia in mid-July. Um, and definitely, and somehow I think with Colombia, um, I arrived with 72 followers and now I have, I want to say approaching 10 K, uh, and this is under two months. A lot of pretty much all of these growth were achieved in Colombia, even without me planning. Um, so it began with me landing in Bogota airport. Uh, that was, I think the second time happened in Bogota where the customs officers, after knowing that I'm Chinese, said konnichiwa to me. Uh, but I understand that, you know, he meant well. He just wanted to make me feel welcome. And he was maybe just confused and just really just genuinely think that konnichiwa was hello and ni hao in Chinese. I just thought that was a very humorous moment. So I shared this. Uh, and also before leaving the airport, I also shared something about how to find uh, a quick SIM card for travelers who want to have a SIM card before leaving the airport. Um, and I think these two videos kind of picked up traffic a day or two later. Um, so that was my very first minor exposure on TikTok. And through that, I think that was when, after making these two videos, I think each video back then made maybe 11 to 12K views. But for me, that was really significant because before that, my largest views were maybe like in the 1,000s. Um, plus, it's a very new account. So... With that, I think back then I only had maybe 200 some followers, but 200 for me, that really was a lot. And I thought, you know what, like since now there are 200 some people who know me, um, I just kind of really wanted to 
take use of that and bring the online connection offline. So with 200 followers, I really just just kind of pushed myself a little harder and overcame the fear and made a video about, hey, if you want to hang out, if you want to know more about either China, if you want to practice languages, I would love to meet up with you. Let's do something together here in Bogota. Um, and that video also picked up more traffic. Uh, and even, again, even just with 200 some followers, I want to say more than 25 people reached out to me and wanting to plan something together. And that was my very first taste of, of the, the, the magic of using social media for good and authentic and organic connection. Uh, so after that, I think just one day after lunch, I was just feeling like uh, sharing. So I actually wrote this poem uh, when I was waiting for my food at the Chinese restaurants, uh, at, 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 at a Chinese restaurant in Bogota. So after lunch, I went to a park and just turned on my camera, read it, taped it, and didn't even change a word. And that video went viral. I think now that video is at 200K, something like that. Um, and that was a very insane experience to me because that really was the very first time I showed up as my vulnerable, authentic, and courageous self. Um, the poem is definitely very raw, and I am no experienced poet, uh, but I really think that Poetry, the same thing as cre uh, as creativity, is not something that someone can teach us. And also, you know, who are they to teach us how to be true to ourselves? Uh, and that's when it really resonated with people. And with that, I was able to just grow more on TikTok and also my community. That's also how I, I started is this Telegram group, uh, just to have people coming in together. And I just want to create a safe space where we can all practice authenticity and courage together. Because just like meditation, just like running a marathon, authenticity and courage really are a practice. We don't always get to just choose courage no matter what, because we often wake up feeling disappointed, feeling and feeling anxious, feeling nervous, feeling scared, and being courageous and being authentic. It's never about living without those emotions, but to live with them, but still choose courage and choose authenticity and choosing our alignment instead. Uh, so that's how I started this Telegram group, because I think that, you know, we often using the how to prevent ourselves from actually showing up as who we are. Because, you know, it took me seven months just questioning, okay, is this community ever going to happen? What does this community ever look like? Do I need to pay for a platform? How to do a group? Should I do Telegram or GroupMe or uh, WhatsApp? So all of these questions, but, but the thing is, just show up. And I think that's what I pushed myself to do. Uh, so within two weeks, now I have more than 180 members, 180 members in my community from all over the world from the Americas, from Europe, and also from Asia, and I'm very, very grateful for. And through that, I was able to organize another five offline events with, I want to say I met more than 35 wonderful, wonderful, wonderful strangers. Uh, now, I can really say that I really learned so much from these beautiful souls, and they give me so much courage, and they, they really do keep me going. Um, so, and also that's offline, also with online events, I did something just a spontaneous like goal setting for August and some journaling and we also talked about sense of belonging and stereotypes that we ex experience by living abroad and it is, it is really amazing how authentic and genuine this kind of conversation can happen. I think especially for someone who is very new to social media, there's still that skepticism 
about oh what kind of true stuff can grow out of this. But the thing is, if you do show up authentically, if you do show up with your courage, if you really do show your very raw and genuine thoughts and experiences, the people who are just like you will always show up.、Um, I think in the healing journey and also just us as human, it's very easy to assume that it's only happening to you to feel. That self pity to really feel that immense challenge that that somehow is just cannot be overcome. Then to believe in the possibility that there are other people who have gone through the very same thing or who are even experiencing the very same thing at this moment, because believing in that would would open up more possibilities, and also with the possibility comes with greater responsibility on our part to take greater charge in our life.、Um, so TikTok helped me to do exactly that. So every time when I really spoke up my truth、um, and accepting and also sharing my questions, my doubts, my insecurities, that's when I'm often met with so much kindness and encouragement. And actually, with the poem, that's when you know, like I really want to say, I really tried my very best to read and reply to every single comment, and I didn't get one hate comment from this one. Have I gotten hate comment on TikTok? Yes, plenty, but. On this poem in particular, when I really just shared me as a human,、uh, there was no mocking, there was nobody making fun of me, and there was no hate.、Um, and that's also when I just kind of get a stronger faith on this platform, and also just social media, and also even just this world as a whole. So now, I'm back home.、Um, It is. It really feels like I am no longer the very same person that I was three weeks ago. Three three weeks ago, I had a lot of doubt. I had a lot of frustration about, you know, because that was when I think I was on TikTok for four weeks. I had seventy two followers. I remember seventy two, seventy two followers. Four weeks, nothing happened for me in the first thirty days, and I did a three by thirty challenge.、Um, And it definitely felt like you know, like I definitely didn't show up to TikTok wanting the followers. That blue check mark, millions of followers, it really means nothing unless I have anything valuable to offer. But when your account is so small, I think the challenge really is you. You feel like you are talking to no one, and you don't really know if you are talking about the right thing, if you are offering anything new or usable. Um, and even just just the question about you know, like, am I really good enough for this? Uh, but I think in Colombia, the, the general environment just、uh, really helped me to let my fear to sit in the back,、uh, and really just allow my soul and also my true self to take charge of the wheel and also take charge of the GPS to find where I'm going. And I'm very proud of all of the small courage because you know baby steps are actually very very big steps because every single baby step we move. It's a huge milestone, and I think in the past three weeks, I experienced so many milestones with taking that online connection offline, and even just having the courage to speak up, both as an authentic human and also as a more courageous ally for other BIPOC individuals, and also just sharing my experience、uh, from a from a developing country who lives in a developed country, and which is what I see about the world.、Uh, there are always going to be people. Discrediting、uh, discredit me simply because I'm a foreigner, or simply because I'm Chinese, simply because I'm a woman, simply because I'm Asian, or I'm a young person.、Um, that kind of challenge will always be there. But 
uh, it's also a practice that I am still practicing now is to have the courage to be disliked and also have the courage to allow misunderstanding because it truly is a profound privilege to be mis- to be to be understood uh, and I'm very grateful for all of the lovely souls who give me the time and space to allow me to be who I am and also see me see the human in me that really is a very very profound and precious gift and something else super transformative happened uh, right before I left Colombia, but right now it's still secret. Uh, but I hope to share that with you guys in my next episode when it's out in the public. Uh, so yeah, so this is pretty much my three weeks in Colombia in a nutshell, and also just my story with Colombia in a nutshell in, since 2016. And just to tie things together, if you have listened to my previous episode, you would know that you know, I'm very big on spirituality and I really believe in the love and power of the universe. So this year, I'm not 29. This year is my Saturn return. So Saturn uh, returns every 27 to 29 years. That's the planet of, of structure and the planet of our fun, fundamental kind of system. Um, and when I check my astro, astro cartography chart, my Saturn and Pluto line also cut through Bogota, Colombia. And I realized that through a friend when I was in Bogota sharing about all of these crazy things that was happening, uh, it just really shows that, you know, me being in Colombia, also me experiencing all of these transformations was no coincidence. Um, and I really think that, you know, we're all divinely guided by the universe when we are open to it. And the universe also always rewards us by with something much bigger than we can ever imagine uh, when we simply allow the universe just to show us how good we can be and that we are really worthy as we are. And just to be very honest, now I'm back in the States, um, I I definitely now somehow feel that, I I feel that the doubt and the question in my head, you know, that little voice kind of returns and asking me, hey, like, do you think you can keep your TikTok growing? Do you think that you can continue providing valuable contents to others? even now that you are no longer traveling, you're back to, quote-unquote, your normal real life. Um, But I think this is just me trying to talk myself out of it Um, and just finding different different excuses to not to keep exploring the unknown. I do think the audience in Colombia and also pretty much when I was in Colombia, most of the audience were uh, in Latin America and with some in Europe. Uh, and I think Spanish-speaking audience just somehow tend to be a lot more friendly uh, and a lot more welcoming. Um, but again, um, it doesn't mean that there are no kind people here in the States. It's just me, like my head or my ego and my insecurity talking, um, afraid of hate comments and afraid of being misunderstood. But again, another reminder, courage uh, is only a practice. I'm just here sharing my insecurity with you to show that you know I am human and I have all of these irrational doubts uh, just like you but I am trying to allow it to exist uh, just as they are but in my action and also in what I believe I still choose my soul I still choose what I believe to be true so I will continue to bring that gratitude that excitement that transformation and that courage that I was able to embody and experience in Colombia with me wherever I go. I really believe that wherever we are, as long as we are open, as long as we can really just be a little braver and be a little more raw and accept all the things that we wish didn't exist about ourselves, 
that is when the world truly opens up to us. With under the greatest fear is our greatest dream. Um, and I just want to share my story with you.、Um, you know, even just from six years ago, I knew nothing about Colombia. I never expected to have anything special happening there. But now, six years later, I'm doing a PhD dissertation on it, and I was able to grow my dream project that I have been simmering and brewing for the past six six months,、um, and it somehow was able to sprout and blossom in Colombia. And also now I get to explore content creation. I get to explore how to show up authentically online as my genuine self on TikTok, a platform that I strongly refused a month ago. All of this happened in in Colombia,、um, and you know we don't always get to travel. We don't always get to just have a reset in our lives, and we don't really need to spend all that money and change that physical environment just to change our mind. We really can't take that mind travel anytime. Ah,、uh, we can travel back to our gratitude, travel back to just whatever that brought us joy. Ah,、uh, and、uh, so yes, so this is where I am, and that's what I'm gonna keep practicing every day. And I hope that I can encourage you to do the same wherever you are. Remember that border is only where our expansion begins, and the bond never ends. Integrate instead of erasing your identities. Your experiences, because we really are what we love, and love exists beyond borders. And I hope to see you in the next one. Thank you so much for giving me a home between your ears. I strive to create content that encourages you to practice courage and authenticity to belong truthfully wherever you are. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd so appreciate it if you could leave me a five-star review and feedback. Take it to social media at your bestie abroad on Instagram and TikTok, so I can thank you personally. And join my free Telegram community pinned on my TikTok, so we can support each other on our journey home. Remember, border is only where our expansion begins and bond never ends. Celebrate yourself until we meet in the next one.